Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last night. night. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Guys We Fucked. The anti-slut-shaming podcast from Luminary Media. I'm Corinne Fisher. I'm Christina Hutchinson. And you can find us on all social media uh, at Sorry About Last Night, which is our comedy duo. It's S-R-Y About Last N-Y-T on Twitter specifically. And on all social media, my handle is Philanthropy Gal. And mine is Christina Hutch. Our duo is Sorry About Last Night, and it's S-R-Y About Last N-Y-T on Twitter. And even if you're behind in the podcast, that's where you can find all of our dates for touring and places that we'll be, if we'll be near you and other Fun opportunities. Uh, something that's not fun is this news story that we're going to do today. Um, uh. It's from the Washington Post. Uh, that's just because I really love the Washington Post. Uh, but this has been covered kind of across the board. Uh, she made an assault uh, allegation against a teacher. Then she was burned alive. Um, sometimes mm. there are news stories that like stop me in my tracks during the day. This was one of them from the past weekend. Um, and there's going to be some butchering of names. I apologize. Um uh, Nusrat Rafi was killed after reporting a sexual assault allegation uh, last month uh, in Bangladesh. So uh, basically she had been assaulted by uh, a, a, a higher up, a teacher. And when she returned to school in April, people were waiting for her. Um, she had shaken up uh, all of the social, political and religious conventions in her hometown of Feni, a conservative tiny village about 100 miles southeast of uh, the country's capital. And according to this woman, the headmaster of her Islamic school had inappropriately touched her repeatedly in his office. Instead of sealing away the incident as a personal secret, Nusrat went to the police and made an official complaint. The allegation had since gone public, sparking protests and threats, not at the older man accused of taking advantage of a young woman under his care, but at Nusrat. So as the final exam started... She was accompanied to school by her brother for two days straight, a one-man protection detail, the Daily Star reported. Uh, but on the third day, April 6th, he was blocked at the entrance. I tried to take my sister's school and tried to enter the premises, uh, but I was stopped and wasn't allowed to enter, said Nusrat's brother. Uh, if I hadn't been stopped, something like this wouldn't have happened to my Jeez. sister. What happened next would not only jolt Nusrat's own community, but also spur outrage across Bangladesh and beyond. A fellow student tricked Nusrat into going up on the roof where four or five students dressed in burqas waited. The group demanded she retract her accusation. When she refused, Nusrat was held down while kerosene was poured over her and a match was lit. Burns covered 80% of her body. Uh, Nusrat died from her injuries four days after the attack on April 10th. The gruesome act of violence against an accuser has shoved the entire country into a debate over sexual misconduct. An emotional dialogue that has involved street protests and promises from Bangladesh's political leaders. I am lost for words to condemn this, Bangladeshi Prime Minister uh, told reporters last Friday. The culprits won't be spared. We won't let them off the hook. I think they must face exemplary punishment so that such incidents do not happen again. According to the BBC, Nusrat would later tell authorities that on March 27th, her school's headmaster... Uh, called her into his office and repeatedly touched her. Then he said he liked me. 
I was surprised to hear that. I told him, what are you saying? You are like my father. You are my teacher. I felt really bad. Nusrat said in a video clip taken by police, uh, according to the Dhaka Tribune, that official statement, however, would become a major issue in the case. According to the BBC, Nusrat's comments were recorded by an officer. And on the clip, the officer told the woman her complaint was, quote, no big deal. Despite the officer's dismissal of her allegations, the headmaster was arrested the same day. But the video oh. of Nusrat's interview with police was illegally leaked to the local media. Oh. The allegation and arrest divided the school and community, according to The Guardian. Some clamored for the headmaster to be punished. Some demanded his release. Male students from the school and local politicians held a street protest in support of the accused educator. Oh. Nusrat's family fielded phone calls from students demanding she halt the case. Quote, otherwise, the caller threatened there will be a murder. Nusrat's brother told the Daily Star After Nusrat was set ablaze on the roof The young woman managed to rush from the building While the fire consumed her She was taken to a hospital But the injuries were so severe That she was transferred to uh, the, the capital For medical attention One of the killers was holding her head down with his hands So kerosene wasn't poured there And that's why her head wasn't burned Okay. Uh, according to the BBC, authorities have arrested 15 people. Two men have allegedly confessed to planning the attack uh, at the behest of the jailed headmaster. Uh, on Tuesday, the National Human Rights Commission of Bangladesh published the results uh, of a wider inquiry into how authorities handled the complaint. At a news conference, the commission's chairman revealed uh, that another person had also been accused of sexual misconduct with the students uh, within the past year. If the administration from the district level to Madrasa acted responsibly, then the incident would never have taken place. Investigators continue to piece together what happened as street protests and viral outrage builds, calling for justice for Nosrat. Uh, so yeah, I think that's just an important thing to cover. Obviously, things like this, unfortunately, are happening all over the world at all times. They're gruesome. Uh, things for women are still really, really bad. And uh, it is obviously very sad, horrific uh, how this woman's life was ended. But her her death definitely should not be in vain. And she is an example of someone so strong and, and the repercussions that sometimes um, – you get for doing the right thing and standing up for what you believe in. And I mean, she really, I mean, she basically took a, a bullet for all women, uh, womanhood. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's events like that that I think is really going to change the social and political climate of Bangladesh. And it's a sin that she had to die for that. But uh, hopefully we, that will not be in vain and there'll be some, some real movement in, in Bangladesh uh, about uh, sexual assault and reporting crimes to the police. Because unfortunately... As corrupt as we think the police are in, in this country, uh, other places, it's a lot worse. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you are in the Boston area and feel like seeing us live, there may still be some tickets left for the Friday, May 3rd show Corinne and I are doing at the Wilbur Theater as part of the Women in Comedy Festival. You can get tickets to just our show, but we strongly suggest checking out the website and looking at all the amazing acts that they have booked in town that weekend. That's Friday, May 3rd. And then Denver, Colorado, May 16th, Thursday, and through Saturday, May 18th, we're going to be at Comedy Works. I believe it's five shows. Go to sorryaboutlastnightcomedy.com for uh, slash tours for tickets to these shows. Uh, tomorrow, if you're in New York City, 
Um, Glamour Puss is happening, co-hosted by myself and Wendy Starling. It's a comedy slash variety show, 7.30 p.m. at Zinc Bar, which is at 82 West 3rd Street. And you should come. Tickets are $15. I believe it's sold out, but there'll be $20 door tickets starting at 7 p.m. Uh, and then the following day, which is Sunday, April 28th, I'll be in Connecticut for the Connecticut Comedy Festival, which is being produced by New York Comedy Club. And uh, the, there's two shows. I'm judging Roast Battle, and then I'm also doing stand-up, I think, in like the afternoon. Definitely one of the events is at the Bijou Theater. I'll put a link up, uh, but it's Connecticut Comedy Festival, and you can use code Corinne, which is, because a lot of you are confused, C-O-R-I-N-N-E for a 20% discount off tickets. Uh, it's the first time they're doing this festival because apparently com- uh, Connecticut's a very overlooked place for comedy. So if you're in Connecticut, come out. It's important. The future of comedy in your state relies on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on down. And then... The Luminary app is here. It is now available for free in the U.S., the U.K. In the U.K., it only includes Northern Ireland. We mi- I, miss- I misspoke last episode, and I knew you would come through uh, with the correct thing, and you did, and I appreciate it. I knew one of them. I apologize. I'm an ignorant person. Um, but it is available in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Australia. This app is free. It has every podcast you could ever imagine on the app, so this can be your new go-to place to listen to podcasts. Um, I love the interface. It's very um, user-friendly, and it's beautiful, and you know, there's d- various ways of interacting with Luminary's exclusive lineup of shows that are going to be it's only available for Luminary subscribers guys we fucked this is what's happening we're moving the luminary app our back catalog which is every episode we have done up until may 24th is going to be available for free on the luminary app starting may 24th that is a friday that is the first episode that will be released uh under for subscribers only so you'll be able to hear uh all of our back catalog for free on the luminary app and then starting may 24th um we would love if you would join us as a luminary subscriber um to go on this next step of this journey and i know that sounds corny as fuck but seriously um we're we're taking a turn we're doing more twists and i'm very excited for what's to come yeah it is really exciting and thank you so much for everyone who's uh, making suggestions about how Luminary can be a better experience for yeah. you. Tweeting at them. I think that's really important because we are really part of the start of this company. And However, people who are pitching uh, other ideas instead of doing Luminary, you can stop that because the contracts were signed a long time yeah, ago. Bo-bo. And you're wasting your time. Bounded. And also... Um, there, Luminary social media is at here Luminary across all the platforms, and it's um and we are diligently working with Luminary and trying to figure out um how to get the Luminary app available to everybody because there's a lot of countries that are not included in here, and that is of no personal. That's just I don't know. That must be a tech thing. I have well, no and idea. Also legalities in some countries. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure there's reasons that I'm fucking are way above my head. But Luminary, it's important for very important for Kern and I and Luminary Express that is also very important for them to make sure that this app reaches anybody who wants to to download it. So um, if you haven't yet, you can go on uh, Luminary social media at here Luminary. If your country is not within those places that I had mentioned, let them know because it's important to us and it's important to them that you can hear us if you want to subscribe um so yeah thanks we'll make it work we'll figure stuff out we'll make it work all right so this one's uh from the mailbag this email is actually a response to the email that we read uh last week about the 17 year old who thinks her boyfriend's allergic to her 
Uh, hey guys, just wanted to weigh in on the 17-year-old girl in Manchester who thought her boyfriend is allergic to her fun zone. Pussy. Uh, I have severe eczema and I'm allergic to everything, including pollen. I'm quite sensitive to cum. Whenever my boyfriend comes on or in me, I need to get it off my skin ASAP. Otherwise, my skin goes red, gets crazy itchy. And it begins to become a raised rash. I can't really offer any solutions for her, more just coping mechanisms. I shower afterwards uh, and pop an antihistamine and then go on my way. Uh, and we got a couple emails about exactly this thing. And every one of them I looked through all mentioned the bathing and the getting an antihistamine into the system. Before the sex. Uh uh, no, after. Uh, if I've taken an antihistamine, but I'm sure either way it, it will work. Uh, if I've taken an antihistamine sometime that uh, that day before sex, which I usually have because of the aforementioned pollen allergy, so it's usually in her this girl's system already, it's much less of a severe reaction. So maybe her boyfriend having an antihistamine before. So she's like, she pops one after, but uh, she said maybe be, do, doing one before would be even better. Uh, it took me a while to find decent brand that worked for me. But if he has eczema, he probably has a favorite. It's not a solution. But uh, since the Googled information didn't result in anything great, that might be good. So yeah, definitely. And then there was another email that also uh, kind of recommended what I had recommended spur of the moment, which was uh, adjusting your diets to complement one another. That's a huge step, but another person with a similar problem said that did help a lot. Next email. If you want to email us, it's sorry about last night show at gmail.com. Subject line is my boyfriend called me out on my weight gain. Hello from Texas. I've been listening to your podcast for some time and I think y'all are just incredibly charming, intelligent, and hilarious. Obviously. Thank you so much. A couple days ago, I approached my boyfriend again about us not being sexually active. Our schedules are very different, so I was trying to find a solution if it was a scheduling issue or just the part of the downs when you've been together for over three years. We have a lot going, we have a lot of fun going out. Our emotional relationship is strong due to the work we put into our communication. He's easily one of my best friends. I was afraid we hit a wall that I knew was bound to happen. Well, this motherfucker <laughs> proceeds to tell me that I've gained weight and he's just not sexually attracted to me. Over the phone, I tell him I was going to hang up to process. He tells me he loves me, that it doesn't change the way he feels, uh, and that I'm beautiful in my own ways. Oh, gee, thank you. I added that part. I take the whole day to process. He comes over to my place to talk about it. He tells me that he's noticed I've gained weight in the last seven to eight months, which I was already aware of, and that he noticed he stopped wanting sex about six months ago, but figured this out last week. I ask him who he has talked to about this because I want to know who told him this was a good idea. His sister, whom I love. I'm very quiet at this point because I don't want to react. He catches an attitude and says, are we going to talk or should I go? Okay. I tell him, I don't know what to say, but there's the door if you want to leave. He doesn't. He tells me my ego is bruised and that if I could move forward, we could get back on track. Basically, get over it. I'm feeling very angry and very hurt about this. I've never had this problem before with past boyfriends and I've been much bigger. I feel like he put the problem on me and that it's my fault and that once I fix this, everything will be better. I feel like even if I do lose the weight, there will be another problem, even though he tried assuring me that there was no other problem. 
I'm a very logical being and I'd be lying if I said looks don't matter. They do to me and I know they do to many. I just feel mostly angry because he made it my problem, my fault. I tried explaining that I would have understood if he had said something along the lines of, hey, I noticed we're not as active as we used to be and both our bodies are changing. What can we do about this? He didn't take the health route or concerned route on this conversation. He took the superficial route. My body is not the only one that's changed. We've both quit the gym eight to nine months ago and I gained weight. Oh shit, I gained weight, he lost weight. <laughs> Him and his family are all very tall, very slender type. My family is average to borderline obese. His ex-girlfriend was an aspiring model so she kept it very tight on top of being a petite individual. The one before that is a nutritionist and a huge gym bunny. I admit I've been sedentary this year. Our first year together, my goal was to be able to run eight miles in one day. I was a runner that year. The following year, I was in kickboxing. Then I was an aspiring firefighter. Fuck yeah. So last year, I was surrounded by people with the same goals and had very active roommate on top of that. He had, uh, had great gym goals for myself. This year, I gave up on that dream and I have had a hard time following those strides with no goals to meet. I guess the point of this email is asking for help on how do I get over this? I love him to death, but God damn it, I'm borderline wanting to break up with him. Have you guys had this problem and how did you handle it? Well, your boyfriend's a dick. Um, I've not had, I've, I've had, I mean, I, I'm a person who um, I think I've been 20 pounds heavier than I am now, but my, my body type is just slimmer, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I know that one, when I was at my personal heaviest for me, uh, I was with Steven and he kind of liked it. <laughs> And I, I mean, I don't know, me and my own weight is a different story because I just, I don't like food. Like I ate food obviously, but my stomach is so sensitive that I'm not a big eater. So I've, I've just, I haven't had this issue like this. If, if my boyfriend told me what your boyfriend said, and I, and I completely agree with you that the angle he chose to take was this dickish superficial route, um, instead of being supportive, that's not the kind of partner that I'm a fucks with. If you, there, there's a way to say things. There's a time and place to be honest. And just also you're, a person is capable of framing these things and these thoughts and opinions in a way that's kinder and more loving and more helpful and more self-esteem boosting. Self-esteem, your partner can help nurture your self-esteem by approaching this conversation in a completely different way. The ones that you mentioned. Hey, I noticed we're not as active. Maybe we should try to go to the gym. When a person loses attraction for another person, uh, that you can't help that. You cannot help that. But what you can help is how you fucking frame it and how you treat that other person. Um, I'm, I don't know that I... I don't know. Ugh. I, I want to say I don't know that I buy that that's why he's doing this, but maybe I don't fucking know. I'm not in the guy's head. I don't know. I, I just think he's a big asshole. Um, and if, but if you really love him and this is all worth it and this is one of the few times this has ever happened and come up, maybe it's time to have a communication about, uh, communication about your communication and how you need to be talked to and how hurt you felt over that. Because when he said, oh, your ego's bruised, Motherfucker, shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. You need to treat me with love and kindness and not this bullshit, you know, approach. Um, that's my two cents. Um, okay, so I'm just about, I've, I'm someone who has been in a situation uh, and I kind of thought that's what your take was. I actually am going to disagree and not take a 
it's funny because I think people probably would think our our approaches would be exactly the opposite of what they're going to be. Um, but yeah, I've been in situations like this, not where someone came to me and said that they were no longer attracted to me, but certainly like a, a weight gain that was noticeable. And also I'm a, a lot shorter than Christina, so... 20 pounds on me looks a lot different than 20 pounds on someone who's like three inches taller. Uh, and it's also uh, medically d- difficult, more difficult for women under five foot four as I am to uh, maintain appropriate body weights. And it's, you know, it's weird because, you know, I'm pretty outspoken about body positivity and how I think some of it is bullshit and actually killing us uh, as a, a society. There's a lot of thoughts I have on that. It's definitely uh, like, obesity definitely targets uh, minorities and low-income people and that's just statistics that are available right on government websites um and so to just say that it's okay uh i think is is uh negligent um but that's a health issue beyond that uh as far as in the relationship i agree with christina that uh you could sometimes you're just stopping attracted to someone and for whatever that reason is it could be a personality trait it could be something aesthetic but when you enter a relationship um you enter it uh being a certain person uh you know whether that's your religion your political views your and that includes how you look and so you know, the same way as I could stop liking someone if they decided to like become a Nazi when I was dating them. I mean, it's not the same. I mean, I, you know, being overweight and being a Nazi, very different things, but very. you're still entering a relationship uh, and saying, I want to be with this person as they are now. It's not a marriage where you're saying, Come hell or high water, no matter what happens, I will stay with you. And even that, I don't think. Obviously, if something comes out uh, in a marriage, you are also allowed to exit the marriage. But don't you think you have to grow and evolve with your partner? You can grow and evolve, but if the growing and evolving is in a direction that you don't want it to be in, you don't need to stay. Uh, and it's it is, it's like a hard truth. I also think that the way he said it was not super kind but as someone who is not always super poetic with her words but at the very least is straightforward I understand that Um, because as shitty as the way he worded it was um, my question to you is that's someone that you've been with for three years would you have rather have him told you the real reason in a bit of a brash manner or would you want him to lie to you and then you actually never know the truth. But but she want no. She wants him to like approach it in a way that's like, hey, we haven't been very act. Like I, I don't think, and I don't think that's beating around the bush. I just think it's a kinder way to say to say something. I, no, I understand that. You, I just don't think that like it's not your partner's responsibility to nurture you with mental health care. And I and again, I do, I know this is this is and this is merely my opinion and how I want because a lot of times you would say that you like when like you liked when people were like kind of like gave you like critical oh like, yeah straightforward um you know feedback and again like this is something that i've definitely been through a lot i mean you're saying that you are i've never been obese um but in that in that matter i mean like technically i guess yes obese because obesity is a lot lower than we talk about it here in america um but uh, yeah, it's it's a really difficult thing, and it's and also towards the end of the email, I also see some kind of signs of you 
letting on a, a deeper thing. It's like you were you had all these aspirations last year. And so I think on top of the the weight gain, like the weight gain was due to, it seems, a little bit of depression and lack of motivation, lack of purpose. And I hear that so fucking hard. So it's like if you've lost kind of like your purpose just for the time being, not forever, obviously, you're going to feel less sexy. You're going to be less appear less sexy to other Mm. people because there's just there's a way like weight can come on in different ways and I think a lot of times in a long-term relationship weight comes on uh in a way that it is like the weight of the relationship is also showing on you that's why like couples that have been together a long time will will gain weight together it's super common uh and unfortunately it sounds like he was just a little bit jacked and then kind of got a little bit skinny (laughs) with that's just the fucking irony and and terror of the male body against the the female body um and then you also go on to compare your body to other girlfriends bodies or the way other boyfriends reacted don't do that that's just gonna make you go crazy in your head it's not about comparison it's about you guys's relationship together um and upkeep aesthetically emotionally uh everything that's all part of being a responsible party of a relationship and i know people are not going to want to hear this but i truly believe this and i mean to think of anyone you know like maybe if i've and the way i'm treated uh by uh, people in every day by listeners by like we're all complicit in this you know my experience 25 pounds ago i cannot i cannot really reiterate to you guys how different uh, I am treated uh, 20, 25 pounds heavier or lighter. Truly this year, you would think I was like th- uh, that I uh, got another degree, that I became funnier, that I uh, saved a puppy, that I, I mean, like it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, and by men and women. Uh, yeah. By everyone. Mm. Women sometimes more so. Re- oh, wow. Um, and so because I actually in my experience, men are kind of were into it the whole time and it was women who were uh worse worse about it because i think it's like they're under pressure too well yeah it's it's like they're they're projecting feelings that they have about their own bodies um and that's why no matter what weight i've been i have been sensitive and suspicious to uh body positivity and whether or not it's really helping us because when you feel good about yourself and you feel and i feel fantastic when i say i feel fantastic this year like health wise i feel fucking great it's not like i starved myself like i feel so good i'm getting so much work done I like all the like the the work that I've put in at the gym I can finally see because again something was like wrong and so often uh weight gain is linked to a mental health issue and that's another problem I have with body positivity oh yeah because it's not really just about the aesthetic a lot of times especially if you watch these weight loss shows it you're eating to you're eating because you're not because something you're stressed out because you don't have purpose because your boyfriend's not giving you enough hugs like these things go into it it's not a coincidence that I left my relationship and then also lost a lot of weight really quickly like these things are all related so I think it's just definitely have a conversation with him about the way he spoke to you and that it hurt you and that even and, and I think it's okay to say that's something that you're sensitive about I've had conversations with partners where I said hey 
Listen, I have a mirror. I am really on top of my shit. I am a perfectionist. And believe me, I want perfection in myself more than you will ever ask for it or want it. Uh, But please do not comment on my body, positive or negative. That's a rule I have in all relationships. I said it at the beginning of them. And it's just something that I've always kind of gone with. Um, I do not like compliments on weight loss just as much as I don't like uh, shitty comments. I just don't like comments on my body at all. I don't. It seems like you guys have not had that. Um, and the thing where he's like, he made it your fault. I mean, it's. I don't think he made it. He's. It's your. It's your body. So it's your. You're in charge of it. Just as much as like, if you wanted to get an abortion, that's your body, your choice. This is your body, your choice. And so he's. He's not giving. He's just expressing to you the truth. And again, like, did not yeah. do it in a great manner. Did not handle it well. I know he said it on the phone, but that's probably because it was a really tough thing well, for him to, to say. sister about it to have yeah. a conversation with you. So and you, it seemed, and you, and tried, like you, ah, you know, you yeah. obviously you were saying like a thing's wrong. So it's like, if you ask, you need to be ready for the real reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's tough, and it's tough, and it's awkward. Uh, but Man, it is, yeah. it's an issue of pride and ego, and then also I'm sure it's it's it hurt you more because it seems like you're not happy with it. Yeah, and maybe and that's that. why that fucking get it. That might be why his comments um like kind of stabbed you a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. I'm sensitive about certain things. It's weird. I've had conversations with exes or people I'm sleeping with or dating or whatever about certain thing yeah i mean i've i've made comments on my boyfriend's bodies when i you know there was parts that i just ugh, i didn't i wasn't attracted i just but and I, and I didn't know how to say it and so i and i'm somebody who unlike corinna it's hard for me to communicate a sentiment that i feel uncomfortable doing and then i end up just going at it too extreme to the person and it feels like i'm yelling at them and it doesn't come across the way i want to so it is perhaps uh that those uh, dynamics at play also i will say we have received just in the past year i've just noticed a lot of um emails from women who have been raped uh who overeat because they want to be invisible and that's you know that's also another reason i don't know it's just it's there's just a lot of things that go into it i think i think more than what meets the eye yeah the conversation has become a little bit shallow about body positivity in the country and i think there are so many great things to gain from it but also you don't want to overlook a lot of medical issues and the thing is like what really gives uh legs to my side of the argument is that like when you travel to other countries you just don't see people overweight in the way that we are because a lot of it is we are like yeah cheaper foods are killing us so it truly is like a a societal structure constraints yep and I know that ever not everyone can afford a personal trainer or a gym membership or lives in a neighborhood that's safe enough to jog around should be able to afford a fucking uh, cucumber Mm-hmm. <laughs> over mm-hmm. a, vi- a Big Mac. There's you know? just so Shouldn't many be... things. Yeah. Yeah. And food deserts but, are real. I, I lived say, in, yeah. I live I've lived in one for a long time. Harlem 100% was a food desert when I lived when I uh moved there. It's gotten better now. We have a fucking Whole Foods now. So it's different. But again, a Whole Foods is very expensive. So uh I don't even like to shop at Whole Foods. Yeah. It's so expensive. Yeah, uh, it but there's expensive. just a lot of things that go into it. But you know, aesthetic just like sexuality um is a part of the relationship and yeah. uh I've certainly uh, given people ultimatums because they weren't taking care of their mental health care. Um, and it's shitty. And and if that's something that you want to be able to gain and lose weight whenever you feel like it without feeling judged, I 100% hear that. And then you need to find a partner who is also okay with yeah, you. Yeah, that's at true. Any weight. 
Yeah. And also, too, going with what you said earlier about the body positivity movement, how you're like delicately hesitant towards it. One of the things that um, the self-esteem book I've talked about before talks about is, you know, self-esteem. It talks about like employee, how an employer can help nourish their employee self-esteem. It is not the employer's job to give that person self-esteem. But mm-hmm. just, to, you know, there's certain ways that you're not babying, you're not coddling, but you could speak to somebody that can... Light, light a fire under their ass um, But at the same token Like saying something Like you're fat Is is not Is, oh, is, of course is damaging no. your yes. self esteem Of course But mm. also If you are overweight And then being like You're so skinny You look so Not you look so good Because that can be interpreted You might look great But like the whole a comment that is too over the top positive in the fact that it surpasses the truth is also very damaging to your self esteem. Oh yeah, and like, and I was reading an article that was like, uh, "Oh, you've lost weight." Isn't people always think like when they give it that it's always a compliment? But you don't know why that person lost weight. They could yeah. be in a fucking abusive relationship. They could be have Ill. a tapeworm. They could have a they can be experiencing a death in the family. Like for me, a lot of times when I'm re- like right now, I'm like what I would call a healthy weight. But like I've been really thin at times, and it was certainly at the bleakest moments in my yep. life not the happiness so people were saying that and it was just and it just made everything so much worse in general like we all have fucking mirrors you don't need to be making a lot of comments on people's bodies unless you're actually worried about them uh and concerned but again yeah. in a romantic relationship when you are having sex with the person yeah you can, you, I, you have those feelings yeah. the attraction is there and it is what it is and it's absent because of whatever reason you can't help that um uh, i will say it is it is does feel freeing to be honest about certain qualities that you are insecure about which is why i like hanging out with comedians but i was hanging out with a comic last night and he was like you know we're attractive but we're not like we wouldn't like walk in a room and turn heads and we were just talking about how we're like very like you and i've talked about this very approachable Mm -hmm. and then some and then um i was telling because i thought that was really funny i enjoyed the conversation and then i was telling that to somebody and they're like oh i would have been so pissed if a guy told me that i'm like what do you no it's it's reality i'm not a fucking idiot like it's it's okay we're gonna be fine um, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I think if people are more self-aware than you think, and if yeah. any lack of self-awareness is usually, I would say, uh, out of survival. Yeah, def- not out protection. of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, women in business. We are continuing our highlight of women-owned businesses uh, by fuckers. This week, I wanted to highlight a company called We Be Kind. Uh, B spelled like Bumble B. Uh, I've been a listener for over two years now, and I fucking love the outlook and sensibility you have towards life. Uh, I happen to own uh, my a business that helps humans and also animals as well. I run a CBD herbal apothecary business that is built on a foundation of passion, drive, and love. With no loans, investors, or sugar daddy to help pave my way, I'm proud to say that I also have started uh, with a tiny bit of savings and inspiration to help others all by my fucking self. This business began 2.5 years ago when I started giving my own dog, Kamikaze, who is now almost 14 years old, some handmade treats infused with CBD oil. After about a week of giving it to him daily, I saw such a significant difference in his overall well-being that it inspired me to create We Be Kind. My business has since grown quite a bit and has become something I'm extremely proud of. Two of the main goals is to help decrease the amount of pharmaceuticals people and pets take 
oh, that's so fucking important. We self-medicate so much in this country. Um, and also tying back to obesity, that's 100% part of the reason that we are in the state because we don't fix problems or our food we or put a Band-Aid on the things we fucking medicate, which can sometimes make things worse. Anyway, um, and to use this business as a platform to create an animal sanctuary. Awesome. I've helped hundreds of people and animals uh, using completely non-toxic ingredients and by using uh, as local uh, ingredients as possible. Why the fuck would I make a product that's negating what I'm trying to do in the first place, which is help. We may th- make bath bombs, salve, pet tincture, which Alfred would love. Huh, I don't know. Nothing works on that guy. Uh, <laughs> CBD gummies and horse tincture all infused with a full spectrum of CBD oil. Um, and you, if you want to uh, visit this website, it's we be kind again, that's W E B E E kind.com or on Facebook or Instagram under we be as in bumble, uh, kind. Thank you for all you do. I know you, uh, you have changed my life as cheesy as it sounds yay i love animal stuff yeah um and then i wanted to highlight um victoria when wrote us um and she is started a project called told by jay doe um she founded this to share stories of everyday john and jane does and she says in this email in a world where we are so focused on our own struggles ambitions and paths we often Forget to learn about the identities and lives around us. Sometimes people we know may as well be strangers. It can be incredibly difficult to allow yourself to be vulnerable, let alone talk about such personal and often painful experiences. That's why Victoria has launched her first series, Mental Health Stories, told by Jay Doe. Um, And she is collecting anonymous stories about people's experiences with mental health to help others heal and break the stigma around the space. She wants to collect enough stories to launch an event with all of these stories posted on boards in the space. Um, And guests at the event will get a sheet of stickers to put on the boards if if it's a story that applies to them or something that they can personally relate to. And it will serve as an anonymous visual representation of how many people share the same feelings and experiences as you. So if you are interested in submitting your story, Victoria is taking them, you can go to her website, www.toldbyj, just the letter J, doe, D-O-E, dot com um and she is focusing on this their first story series it's on mental health but she wants to focus on black stories immigrant stories queer stories and women's stories so if you want to head on over to told by com, in the upper right hand corner there's a button and you can submit your story yay oh man um i don't have much personal things to share other than um I feel like I got to take a break. Well, not take a break from the self-help shit, but I got to just like, you know, have fun <laughs> and, you know, get fucked or something. Um, I've just been watching um, Homecoming. If you have Netflix and you're a human being on this planet Earth um, and you've not heard of Homecoming, um, it is Beyonce's Beachella performance. Um, I have uh, was watching it today as um, our producer Emily came in and for like the 12th time. And I just want to say, no matter what your opinions on Beyonce are, Personally, I don't give a fuck because I love her. She's the only human or like person I love and care about. And I'm I'm like I'm including a lot, like everyone in here. Like if somebody comes at me like, well, Beyonce, I don't like her. And she, whatever negative thing, I don't care. It doesn't even bother me because that's how sure I am that she is one of the most amazing human beings on the planet to me. Um, but I highly recommend you watching Homecoming. Um, and you can also listen to the album on um, Spotify or iTunes. It is 
that that fucking chick just really gets me motivated speaking of women in business like she i use beyonce as an example for a lot of things and one Mm -hmm. of them is the way that she carved her own fucking path in the music industry and how she's had a career that spans over 22 years over 15 of which were solo and she has never managed to have a um have a have a lull in her career i think it's incredible and um I think that it's something that could be inspiring. So if you're listening to this guy, girl, whatever you are, and you kind of feel like you're in a slump, maybe you're unmotivating your career, you're not sure where to go. Um, I always turn to Beyonce and I cannot recommend this homecoming special enough. And and then just the other random thing I was thinking about, you know, maybe one day I'll get me a boyfriend. I don't really know, but I'd imagine in the future I would live with somebody again. And then I've started getting attached to all the... You know, I don't know if you do this because you're less gross than me. But like, <laughs> but when, like when I'm alone, I have like gross habits. Just like, like what? Why just are you picking my nose? Oh, I pick my nose. Who doesn't? Farting on the like, just just like you know, I farted on Alfred multiple times. He's <laughs> on purpose or on accident? No accident. He just likes to like to burrow, no. and I'm like, that's sorry, no. that's my where my asshole is. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking of like, um, like I keep my home very neat, but that. It's because of my thing, but also because I have people in and out of the apartment. So I, I just want it to be nice at all times. But like, I, I, I remember when I lived the last time I lived with somebody, the only time I lived with somebody with the ex, like I did, I was like on my toes with the grossness around the house, which is good. I think that's like a polite thing to do. Oh yeah. I, I actually going back to that. So many things go back to the, 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 the aesthetic email with the boyfriend, uh, because I, mean, I always remind you of that thing that Dan Savage said like your you don't your partner does not need to see all of you there is right. a little bit of fairy tale that needs to be maintained yeah. and I love 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 that he said that because I agree it's something I thought but I think it was one of the few thoughts that I was like uh, is that like a shitty thought for me to have oh yeah um, and it's not it's just being a person yeah it's putting work into the relationship yeah. but to, putting work into something doesn't mean it has to be exhausting for you oh god it's no. just you know look you know put a shirt on whatever or take it off whatever that means right um but yeah i and i realized i guess you know this past year i think that i broke up with my ex almost exactly a year ago Mm -hmm. um and it's it was helpful the conversation we had in this interview um that you guys are about to hear the whole it takes three years to get over an ex or it takes you were saying half the amount of the time you were in the relationship i'm like okay that makes me feel better and makes me understand that i'm really trying to speed up the process of of being rid of this because I feel like once I if somebody hurts me and a relationship doesn't end well I just want to pretend they never existed mm-hmm. um, but you can't do that because that's not how life works so but yeah I I'm noticing how for the first time this whole year I've just been able to be my sloppy fucking ugh, just just hair like all when my hair is such that like if I took my hair out right now it's in a bun it would stay in place like <laughs> it's very you know um it looks it it looks nasty when uh when I don't do it right and so but I've just like I'll walk around with like my belt like just like a pot belly after downing like an entire pizza and like my hair all crazy and I'm like oh yeah this is the shit one of my favorite things to do is after eating a big meal because I bloat excessively because I probably have even extra food allergies that I don't know about and so I truly look like I would say six months pregnant after I eat a meal mm-hmm. and I like to hold my stomach in the mirror and pretend that I'm pregnant because I don't plan on it and I was like well at least we'll have a, uh, have a picture and I'm like oh I would be kind of cute pregnant look how cute this is i think it's hilarious and i mean sometimes i'll send it to people sometimes i won't but (laughs) it's like a fun pastime that i have with myself and yet that's like part of the reason that i don't ever want to live with someone because i don't 
you know, no matter how much understanding your partner is, like, we're all think of the thoughts that you've had yeah. about people you love and oh, then know not good ones. just know and understand they are being thought about you and like that's not a, a, re- a reason to feel self-conscious but i think it's like oh it like, ask think, yourself why you feel that feeling and then go well that's probably why they feel that, that you know what i mean and also like like you don't always need to cohabitate i don't even know like i know especially if you're but not raising a family yes, Karen, if you're not raising kids why do you have do you have to live together people think it's so strange when you don't live together i'm 33 i've had a lot of serious boyfriends i've never lived with one never had the urge to never wanted someone to ask me to yeah 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 i and i think i'm on team Karen for this one or if you do live together so get a happy. big ass house if you can I cannot tell you how happy I am living alone yeah. with a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Just no, so I, happy. <laughs> it, it's funny. The, the Yesterday, I was like playing a little mini montage in my head of like me at my like grossest, most comfortable self alone in my mm-hmm. home with all the blinds closed and then cutting to me knowing that I'm going to fuck a guy that night and like the amount of prep I put in, which I love yeah, doing. I, re- I enjoy it. It's fun. I just, I'm like, let's see how pretty I can make myself tonight. And then I, cause I, and I, and I do do it for myself. I don't go, is he going to think it's weird that I don't shave? Like it's no, 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 no. It's all because I want to feel sexy. That's, that's, that's where I come at it from. And it, it is enjoyable. It's exhausting and a lot of work, but it's enjoyable. But then I'm like, man, I don't know if living with someone who the fuck knows down the road, but, uh, I get the appeal of uh, just, you know, maybe move into my building, but that's as close as I want well, to get Well, that's my you. dream. Yeah. And I know it's also a financial issue too, but truly, like, I think I'd rather live in a shack alone than, like, yeah. a nice building with someone else. Yeah, you get some... I don't know, but that's it. I'm a very, 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 like, love spending a long time person. Um, All right. So that being said, this week's uh, guest is someone who I have wanted to have on the podcast for a very long time. And it was, people always ask, oh, is it awkward to ask the people that you've slept with to come on? I was like, no. Asks like this are actually the most awkward for me. Um because I never want to feel anyone to feel like I am putting them in a position where I'm like trying to like trick them or have like a gotcha moment. This is not the Jerry Springer show. Uh, And so today's guest is the woman who was, I'm going to say seeing James um, right before me, like right before, as in there were times when we were seeing each other, not not like cheating or anything but just like when you're starting the relationship when he was starting to see me and still was also having uh, sexual relations uh with her and um I think we both knew about it a little bit after and again no one was doing anything wrong but it's still an awkward situation to be in uh because we're all also peers in comedy and uh she's just someone who handled herself uh so well um and I was so impressed by her and she's also like five years younger than me and you just don't see this kind of maturity in in anyone in situations like this and I've wanted to kind of we've been talking about uh wasting energy on men and I think that really includes uh talking about them and thinking about them so I was like why not take this in a different direction and uh talk to her instead because she's such a wonderful person uh outside of this (laughs) odd uh Eskimo sister situation that we have so she's a comedian uh a writer my peer my friend please give it up for Alex K. Hart.
We are here with Alex K. Hart. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Hey, to, girl. Welcome to, I don't know, I'm just turning up everyone's volume now because I can't hear. Uh, <laughs> this is my Indianapolis, just flew back in, sexy voice. Thank Ooh. you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Alex is someone I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while. Um, you, uh, because she has an interesting relationship to my ex, <laughs> James. Uh, it's funny because you're someone who I have referenced on the podcast so many times, uh, albeit anonymously, uh, in a positive way, uh, because I just didn't want to, I didn't want your, you know, I don't know what kinds of things you want out in the air. And I guess some people could construe it as, I don't know, embarrassing. I don't think it's embarrassing at all. I always thought it was like, you had such a you were such a great example of uh, how women should act in situations. So I've I, I wrote some stuff down to prepare this. Oh, so I'm cool. I'm writing I'm right I'm gonna read it. Everyone knows like I love to read off my She's iPhone. A <laughs> um, and uh, we've been talking a lot about things with like spending too much time talking about men and thinking about men on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's something oh, yeah. that I remind myself of a lot. And so instead of you know bring James on and he might come on one day and like rehash old shit with him that I don't feel like dealing with that I've already spent enough of my time off my dealing with. Um, I chose to bring in someone, uh, a woman who I thought handled herself really great in an awkward situation, which is you. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, I think with feminism, it's, it's just as important to call out bad men uh, and it's as it is to highlight extraordinary women. Aww. And like we have people. I'm going to cry. <laughs> don't, please don't start crying, everyone. And I'm wearing a futurist female sweatshirt right now. Oh, yeah, very you fitting, are. you guys. Oh, this is perfect. But a lot of times, like with feminism, we're talking about like these like really high level people, like Michelle Obama, Gloria Steinem, like these kind of people who are doing larger than life things. And, um, they're they're great, but I never like question whether or not women can achieve great things. To me, that's that's never been a question. But where I feel like women fail each other um, is when we attempt to like live on a day to day and how we treat each other in work situations and relationship situations. That's certainly where I feel myself being most conscious of like bad behavior. And it seemed to me that you had like really mastered that because. Um, you were sleeping with James uh, before, like, I guess when we started dating. I didn't know about this until after James and I were boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, I guess he filled me in because he figured, like, he knew that I was going to run into you in the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And so I heard the story piece by piece. And then I, f- I felt really bad because it seemed like he had, for lack of a better word, fucked you over a little <laughs> bit. Um, <laughs> and, like, it's a situation that I had certainly been in with m- myself with another comic, actually, where, you know, we're sleeping together. Maybe uh, the actual relationship has not been mm, uh, discussed like what what we are or, or to each other has not been discussed oh, but you face. certainly feel some kind of like a bond with the person and um and I know he had kind of told you that he wasn't looking for a relationship and then yep. <laughs> uh you know turn around it's a couple weeks later and then he's dating you know this bitch as me as someone <laughs> as most people would refer to it and uh I was kind of like floored by how kind you were to me and I had I not known the story from James I would never have known like at all which in my like at the time 30 years in dealing with women like I don't think there's ever been a time 
when I had an interaction with someone under those circumstances where they were completely nice to me and didn't treat me like shit because of something that a dude did. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to like bring you on number one to commend you for like, I mean, just like truly in all my years of fucking, which, and I'll, I've done a lot of it, <laughs> uh, uh, that, and yeah. And I remember even one time Christina and I ran into you on yeah, 34th. Yeah. And you I were with that. my old randomly have an acting class with my friend from college. Oh, yeah, Tom Cryan. Yeah. Sweetie. And, I had already told, like, talked about you again anonymously, and uh, obviously to Christina privately by mm-hmm. name. And I was like, "See, Christina, I was yeah. like, do you see how I was like how, and not like over the top, like fake nice, like just truly nice. Get like uh, gave me opportunity to work out my jokes. You know, I'm bringing like sea level material there <laughs> that I need to work out. Like, I was just so impressed, and I think it's like a really great example of how um, you like you placed the blame intelligently." Because I know That's you were mean to James, do. and I thought that was funny. I laughed right at his face when he oh, said that. Oh, yeah. I, I was... He was like, yeah, she's kind of mean to me. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. that's exactly what she she should be. She should never talk to you again. So <laughs> I agree. Um, but anyway, that's where I wanted to start because I think it's interesting to interact with other women in uh, the life of someone who was obviously very important to me. I don't know if now if important to you but uh, well i mean we we definitely were seeing each other like pretty consistently for a little bit um and i did find out uh that i i think we may have actually like overlapped a little bit and i was like not very pleased about that right um, yeah mm-hmm. but i mean i i never i, I guess like i I don't know. I've been in this situation before, mm-hmm. and I I just think that it's uh, it's um, I mean like like I knew that you had no idea, so there was just really like it just yeah. would have been super super irrational. And and I, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, I it's hard not it's easy to, be. to get mad at the other because I've been the, it is I don't want a relationship right now, and then two days later they're walking down the street hand in hand or whatever you know i've been yeah, in this and situation it's, and it's so hard to not compare and be like what do they have that i yeah. don't have and then get mad at them uh and uh i i i guess i just uh I, you know i also i do remember one time though being with him and i i was asking him if he wanted to like come back and he was doing his like you know like his you know you know james how enthusiastic he is about things you know what i mean like <laughs> yes. darius sedated kind of shit right like, yeah it makes me look like uh mis- miscommunicative exactly <laughs> <laughs> i understand and like i was asking him if he basically wanted to come over and you know sleep with me and he was just like yeah. and then this like <laughs> shitty song came on i forget it was like i don't even maybe like a christmas song i have no idea and he was like so enthusiastic about that and i was just like wow like you are more enthusiastic about this shitty song than the idea of being naked with me like yeah. i just don't think this is gonna work out yeah like <laughs> It yeah, was just been there again, been there. Yeah, but so yeah. then it did. So then it, you didn't go home with him that night. Ultimately, <laughs> um, I think I may have. Honestly, that's where my <laughs> self esteem was. Um, <laughs> I do, sometimes though. Do you feel that when a guy is just barely hanging on in with you in whatever it is, fuck buddy, where maybe this is going somewhere ambiguous. We're not really sure, but we don't want to talk about it because like whatever, we're cool and cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes me more clingy. Yes. Well, I think there is something really, I don't know. Uh, this is my like, you know, 
shitty, like, you know, two cent psychology babble. But like, <laughs> I think that sometimes we um, we like want people who will validate our own insecurities. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, OK, well, if they think I'm shitty and I can change their mind, then you know it's it's right then i've won then i've won exactly yeah. but like you know somebody who actually comes to the table being like oh no no you're great you're like well what the fuck is wrong with you i know you know yeah. what i mean like the woody allen why would you want to be part of a club that would have me as a member right mm-hmm. but back to the um to the i think i also had a, like a, a situation with a friend of mine that was very similar like we we had overlapped in college and like I just remember too, like uh, almost letting that like destroy like such an important female friendship, mm. and like I just I mm. never, uh, you know, I never wanted to ever be in that kind of situation again. Yeah. Um. And also, I did not know you very well, and you can be very scary. I will say that. <laughs> no, Corinne. I am very. I know. I know. You know, full of sunshine and just <laughs> puppies. You know. Well, the thing is, I'm very business. So, and I'm only like doing. <laughs> well, no, no. I appreciate 50, that though. Like seven things at once. So I know, like, I'll run in and I'll be like, "Hi guys, I have ten minutes, and I need to be on stage for nine and a half of those. So <laughs> I'll see you. Ever, I'll see everyone later. <laughs> oh yeah. No, absolutely. I I think people. People think I'm a bitch a lot of the time too and 90% of the time it's because I am being a bitch but also like 10% of the time it is just I have like a million things going on in my head or like somebody decides to talk to me I love when people decide to talk to you when you're clearly in the middle of doing oh, something oh yeah my yeah. favorite <laughs> you're just like but when you say 90% you are being a bitch what does that mean like you're probably <laughs> just you know focused on something else yeah <laughs> I know what you mean it's it's it, you'll have the serious like I used to do that when I ran a show at New York Comedy Club it's like you need something to get done and honestly being nice sometimes takes that little bit of extra energy that you do not have mm-hmm. when you need to get something done when everyone else is fucking up and and it's like, why do I have to deliver everything with a smile on my face just so you feel better about the job? Like, you know, yeah, can't we too. just run a type ship? Well, yeah. sometimes men certainly aren't smiling when they're running business. I've never no. seen a I've never seen a movie about stockbrokers where they're like, the Dow is up. You know, <laughs> I just I just yay, bitches. That's that's I just put some financial words together and I hope that made sense. I'm pretty to sure everyone. Did. Thank Good you. Yeah. I did fuck a stockbroker for six months one time. Stop bragging. Um, <laughs> he was a coke addict. OK, uh, I think they all are, though. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was great. And it's interesting to hear that it, it came from a previous experience that you learned from, which is, you know, how life should work. Oh, but yeah, unfortunately, not... we make the same mistakes again and again. Yeah. <laughs> It's easy to get wrapped up in the guy thing, though, with a friend. Oh, so, so easy. Uh, I hate that. It's terrible. Well, I mean, you know, you're friends with somebody a lot of the time because you have similar taste. Uh, You enjoy (laughs) a lot of the same things. And uh, yeah, we... uh, Yeah, we've we've been Eskimo sisters for her and I several different times. Oh, wow. Wow, you do have similar taste. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that... Who's a friend or me and you? uh, Oh. No, I think her, but I, I think that's our one overlap. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, wanna... we're also like, diff- we're different, we're like different classes of comedy. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel so. I, but uh, Corinne and I sometimes say, like, one of the reasons we can be such close, like, friends and business partners and work well together is because we do not have the same taste in men. Mm. And I agree. It's true. Like, because it, yeah. it, it, regardless of our individual values in our head and the, it, compared to the values we actually carry out, and I'm speaking mostly for me because I'm like, I want to be this righteous person. Um, it is important, which is kind of fucked up. Maybe it's not, though. I don't know. Like, I, it's going out, constantly being interested in the same person must be exhausting. I've never had a friend where... I've never had a friend either. But I, I would imagine I'm very competitive. 
um, and it comes out in, in inconvenient times. So I feel like sometimes, do you ever, do you guys ever have this where sometimes you don't know if you like a guy and then somebody knows like they're really hot and you're like, yeah, 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 I like them. They're like, <laughs> yeah, and it kind of makes you like them more. Toy. It's yeah. truly I like the not, opposite. If someone, if like when people get compete, like start competing for a thing, I actually pull back. That's healthy. And I that's go, good. I'm not. If they, that person wants to be interested in me, they can be interested in me. I'm certainly not competing enough for a man. That's that's wise. <clears throat> I think I think unfortunately, like uh, maybe when I was younger, I used to do that more. But yeah. I, I, think I think it's, it's like a twenties thing. Yeah, well, it's hard. It's hard too. I mean, like you know, women are told for the most part, like your you know your greatest asset, you know what I mean, is are your looks and like how men see you, and especially if like you're insecure about something, then a lot of times you will put. Uh, male attention or validation you'll 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 sacrifice female friendships uh you know or other things and in, you know, integrity basically in order to get that attention i remember yeah. there was one girl i went to school with who definitely did that uh, a lot and it was like i used to get really mad because you know she did have a thing with my ex and then afterwards i realized and i was like oh wow like she was just really in a lot of pain and yeah. like, that's really terrible but i mean of course at the time you know i just Pissed, called yeah. her a bitch and yeah. was like how dare you uh, you know what i mean i didn't have that ability you know at that point because you know. i remember after Corinne and i passed you and we talked briefly on 34th and 5th uh i, I remember this interaction very vividly because <laughs> after i stormed off a podcast oh yeah it was <laughs> oh, yeah. you guys were mad about something yeah right? oh, no, no, yeah it's we were so on funny. a it's person's a very podcast feminist day that day because <laughs> i stormed off of i'm not gonna say his name off of a comics uh, live recording of a podcast yeah. uh that christine and i had promoted a lot gotten most of our most of the audience was our fan base and he like lied about how much time he was gonna do kind of like took the audience yeah. hostage as he did bad he said he's sopranos impressions 15 up top did 45 oh. yeah, and then started making fun of the crowd which was all our audience all guys we fucked people and what set me off was that he went on this tirade completely out of nowhere about how Amy Schumer's special oh, was yeah. bad. And oh, whatever, oh. you can say whatever. It's unprofessional to say that. But then the thing that set me off and why I went on yeah. to stage angry was because he started calling her fat mm-hmm. and it just had nothing to do with anything. Certainly has nothing to do with how what she or how special. she performs as a comic how she is treated as a comic how she is respected i mean especially coming from this person male comics who look like dirt most of the time <laughs> like dirt swept into a pan Did like, you get on stage and just fuck. say <laughs> yeah and so i got on stage and immediately you know i am from new jersey and was heated and the first thing i said i was like what are you out of your mind i was like this is do you know anything about what our podcast is about i was like you're gonna go on a tirade about number one a peer a peer who's doing way better than you way better a peer who performs here who has done nothing wrong to you i mean to my knowledge unless they had something underground or whatever it just wasn't but the it, time or the place and also yeah. being fat uh, uh and i don't think she's fat but it has nothing to do with fucking anything like especially how you are as a comic and uh it's just one other thing it's like you know comedy for a while was a was like a safe space for women in that it was the one area of entertainment where we didn't have to worry about what we looked like and now that is officially gone yep. too i think in part to like fucking like youtube and shit but uh oh my god people yes. are like oh you can be hot and funny well dude i feel <laughs> like <laughs> cool like do it but like, you don't have to be exactly. hot for this fucking job you just have to be smart dude I, I remember i was looking at some people's like uh just a bunch of female comics uh, uh like five minute sets on like conan and like, all these other things and i literally i could not find one one and all these women looked completely different one 
one video that did not have a comment weirdly about their thighs. Oh, Something wow, specific. always about the thighs. Like, wow, like what know, about? Just anything. Those are good thighs. Yeah. Those are bad thighs. But, but, yeah, thunder <laughs> thighs, thighs, thighs. I like her thighs. Thick thighs, like, yeah. Even the shitty ones were like, I don't like, women aren't normally funny. This one's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those yeah. thighs. Like, and I was just like, what? Boy, maybe, it's the ang- maybe it's the angle of the camera in a late night set because of how the frame is cut. I don't know. I mean, men's frame, men's thighs get the same angle. <laughs> but no one's interested, no, though. Ain't no women giving no shits about a man's thunder thighs i don't give a fuck yeah that's so annoying um but uh yeah i this guy interviewed us one at a time he interviewed me first mm-hmm. he, then he made the comment no he made the comment because i didn't hear i was in the bathroom or something when he made the schumer is amy's fat comment mm-hmm. and how she shouldn't have gotten paid that much for a special i'm like you bitter sad fucking man dude. i mean i couldn't wait to get on stage yeah and i then was so excited he to interviews go. us one at a time and then corinne's last and then corinne goes off and i was like yeah she's going off oh shit and <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then she just walks and she's like if you don't stop whatever the fuck i'm gonna leave and then he was kept poking and poking because he's a dick and then she just walked off and i followed her i was like yeah we're leaving and then we ran into you and uh and then i remember we had such a positive interaction with you and i was like Crin, who is that and she's she was like that's alex that's the girl that james was seeing and then i was like that's alex <laughs> that's the interaction you just had with that person that is accurate shit yes. that chick rules like i just i was really blown away and it was what going back to what corinne said of like it wasn't this overly nice it was just like hey what's up life hat like i don't know I, I was i was i was in awe of how you conducted yourself May, maybe it's because i i'm not capable of that I don't know though. I'm I haven't been single in a while, so now I'm older. So maybe I'm cooler. I, I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> I wasn't capable of it at first. Trust me. Like I think it takes. I mean, and also like I, that's just awing, very inspiring that you walked out like that. Like that's amazing. I feel like there have been well, so many times. I like, mean, I agree. I, I wasn't gonna a, do it. I'm a pussy. Love a walkout, but I have. To, I also have to be a little bit more careful. Like by myself, I'll fucking I go wild. But like mm-hmm. when you have a comedy partner, yeah. you have to keep their that was in line. Keep yeah. them in mind. That was in mind. <laughs> Very, very true. Very true. That's that's. But I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many times where, uh, it, especially in this industry, where it's hard to be like, uh, to to balance uh, integrity and yep. uh, you know being like true to yourself, you know, and 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 like maintaining self respect, but then also like having to play some kind of stupid game. Mm, you know uh-huh. what I mean? The game Just, of the business, yeah. the social aspect, which all is that. true even if you're a guy. But then Absolutely. also, especially if you're a woman, having to navigate that too it's just it's so much more exhausting how when you're a woman you're judged a little bit more on being or a lot more on being friendly and palatable is a, oh, is a yes, word that i like yes. to use a lot yep. um and uh you know because it's like that saying like difficult women i am sure that there are a number of clubs and people uh and producers that don't want to work with me because they know that I'm just going to be, you know, five to 10 more minutes of work per day that they probably don't need in their lives. And I get that. Five to 10 minutes of work. How so, though? Just like you're not going to take anybody's shit. Exactly. Like handling things like, you know, well, I'll I things like I negotiate my rates and I know most women don't because I, I've done. Uh, oh, I think you were at that. Weren't you at that business uh, seminar? I was. Yeah. OK, so that was it. There was a like a women in comedy business seminar oh, that nice. I was um, on and it was a, a great lineup. Uh, Jessica Kirsten and Jessica Pilot and Luisa uh, Diaz and um a lot of young female comics were there and I was so happy to see them there and Alex was there as well. Uh, and so many of the questions from the audience were 
uh, like money questions and how timid women are around uh, knowing their value. And this comes into play not just as humans, but also financially, especially in a place like comedy when you're kind of, especially for the first several years, representing yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm coming in with an edge because I used to work in a talent management office. So I learned professionally how to negotiate. But I think it's a reminder that like women in business, like the price that comes in, like negotiating 101 is not the price that you settle at. Nor And the person giving you that price does not think you're going to settle at that price. Maybe they do because you're a woman. Mm. But like when you're negotiating, someone's coming in, they're lowballing you. And then you go back with something higher. Higher, it's, it's a dance. and then you go, and then you end up in the middle. Thus, the term negotiating. Uh, but so many people, and it, it, there's a, two vulner- vulnerabilities that you're working against. You're working against being a woman and like a woman in society in business, and then also comics are so fucking hungry uh, to work, and there's so many of us. Yeah. Um, and people are afraid, like, oh, I'm going to lose that gig. But, like, you need to set a precedent at one point. You can't be working for free forever. And even sometimes I have to be hard on myself for it. Like, things like I can't go to Brooklyn for free anymore. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm almost 10 years into a professional comedy career. Like, I just cannot do that anymore. Um, but, yeah. So, I think that there was, like, things that we were discussing there. And I was kind of, uh, like, wowed by the questions I was getting and concerned uh, because I could just tell that women weren't asking for opportunities at the same rate and no, certainly no, were no. not negotiating uh, financially what they are actually worth, which goes into the which goes into the pay gap, because I know like on this, we, everyone likes to blame the patriarchy. And we've kind of and not that they're doing great, um, but we kind of taken it into our own hands on this podcast where it's like, OK, whatever they're doing, we need to look out for ourselves and and play uh, offense and defense. Instead of just like attacking someone else uh, for problems. I have a a question going back to just like the personal circumstances of of your guys. Um, How did you find out that you were overlapping? Um, I I feel like I remember either running into James. Like I had either heard he had said something about like you and we were when we were like like I forget it was like after like we we were like hanging out and I was kind of like what. Like, and I was like, are you like hanging out with her? And then he was like doing, and I was like, what? Did you guys have a discussion of, were you dating? Like, we're going to we, see other people. Because that's that weird in between well, period. Yeah, that, we, we never really talked about it. You yeah, know what I mean? Like totally. I had kind of wanted something, but then there was like so many just like red flags. You know what I mean? That yeah. I was just like, every time, I was just also like, I'm going to have to be the like, the cheerleader here you know what i mean mm. like and i i how, was wait, how so how i so? literally said the same thing two weeks ago cheerleader for the re- potential relationship yeah or yeah. just like in the, the like he was just so negative and i'm already a pretty negative person you yeah. know what i mean and like i was just like realizing like two I, abysses don't make a plateau <laughs> exactly yeah uh and, and i was just like this is not uh like i like i it was it was already it was just so tepid just everything was so like yeah you want someone to be over the moon like in the beginning of a relationship exactly. someone should be really fucking over the moon for you and i could tell for you that you guys like like to fight for it a little bit yeah but, like if the fire's not there in the beginning it's never it's never going to be there and i mean i think so people's behaviors in the beginning also can I mean. really be foreshadowing for things in the mm-hmm. past because even though uh, james was like excited about me um in the beginning i there were other kinds of red flags 
that you know you like back and forth in as far as like because i mean the reason we ultimately became boyfriend and girlfriend was because i gave him an ultimatum and walked away Mm. i was like we've been sleeping together for x amount you know we spend a lot of time together we talk non-stop and i'm like negotiate i understand Mm -hmm. that you do not um that you don't want to be uh, perhaps in a relationship and that's fine and but i do and so i'm gonna find someone who does and we did and i mean within a week I, it was rectified <laughs> Rectified <laughs> Yeah and because I mean I didn't know at the time Again that you guys Were sleeping together uh, In the beginning Because again Like it wasn't cheating Or anything Like we we were dating For like six months uh, Or like a, a Several A long time Months and months Before we, we became um, Like exclusive In that we had A mm-hmm. conversation about it And so I learned later That you know In the beginning You guys were still Seeing each other And I mean I was fine with it Honestly but <clears throat> yeah, I I was just like uh, I, I was a little concerned too because then when I did find out you guys were dating because like the, he, I forget what it was it's just like I remember him saying something about you and I was just kind of like wait a second this doesn't seem right um, but in that like oh wait are you dating her yeah kind of thing you know okay, um, and then uh, and then yeah uh, and then and then when I found out you guys were dating I was kind of like oh okay yep this. <laughs> all makes sense uh and just like and 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 yeah like not really wanting because i wasn't sure like again things with him and i were so gray area so i i wasn't sure if he had maybe been cheating or something and Mm. i just was like ignorance is bliss if i don't know i can't be held accountable uh and uh you know like i respected you and i kind of knew you but i didn't really know you that well so again i just was like i just don't want to get involved (laughs) um yeah and it's tough in the healing process because i mean even if you only had like tepid feelings for someone you still have to like see me my dumbass walking around and it's like just annoying honestly yeah well i think with anybody like um i i i saw somebody that i used to like hook up with uh like oh just a a few days ago with somebody else and it was (laughs) You know, sometimes like you hear a song and all of a sudden it feels like you're like right back there. Mm-hmm. You know what oh. I mean? You're like, oh, my God, I just broke up with him again, you know, and like yes. it's so triggering. And it was weird because like I don't have feelings for this guy anymore. But all of a sudden I saw him with this girl who turned out what they just were walking together. It was like paranoia. <laughs> Literally, they were just walking together like yeah, they weren't that? dating. Yeah. But all of a sudden this thing just like kind of came up in me and I was just like and I'm like I don't like this guy like I had decided like you know what I mean like I have I've been upset over guys that I didn't actually like like losing them Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to date me and I all I I've talked to you about this so many times I'm like why the fuck am I so upset I don't we it's not like we had I didn't meet his family yeah. like we weren't we fucked and we had conversations and that was not it was great but there was never even enough I don't and I don't know the 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 extent to the relationship mm-hmm. you have with James but like with when it's ever happened to me I'm like there wasn't enough context for me to even like him <laughs> fully and for him to like me fully well I think it's still like that I want you to want me kind yeah. of thing mm-hmm. it's just like even if Ugh, we don't like people mm-hmm. there is a blow to the ego and especially Huge people who are ego, in yeah. comedy no matter what you're a little bit of an egomaniac yes. if you're sure. chosen for a career to talk <laughs> on stage while other people are quiet <laughs> with your own work I mean uh, that it's it's just like a, it's a blow to the ego but yeah but and s- someone else you know it's like someone else 
it has something that you don't as you as you mm-hmm. said before and that and that doesn't feel great but like i couldn't you always, would always say when a guy doesn't like you back the fact that he doesn't like you makes yeah. you stop liking him and i'm like that's a, that's a healthy self-esteem way to look at oh, it i'm like that's a narcissist <laughs> no, no because why why would you but, but logically i think about that a lot that you've said that because why logically would I allow myself to be attracted to somebody who doesn't fucking like me? Yeah, most of the best qualities of my exes are that they at one point were of sound enough mind to date me. And like, <laughs> that shouldn't be your, your best quality. You know, true. that's true. It should so be your best quality. I can't fully hate any of my exes because I was like, well, at one point in time, you had impeccable taste. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know that that's unhealthy. I, I mean, I mean it's, the I way I, my, it's the way I live my life I, yeah, it's, it's yeah. been fine for me uh, oh, it, I, I will tell you, you that true. like yeah it makes you off-putting to other people but we don't I don't care about uh, that yeah, <laughs> I don't find it off-putting at all but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's that's off-putting to insecure people that's what it is it's, it's just I've, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast but it's fascinating to anybody's reaction to Corinne because she is so sure of herself the people always come to me when they first meet us in the comment like when we started you know Guys, you fuck started to get popular, and they'd be like, "Is Corinne mad at me? Is she hate me?" I'm like, she huh? doesn't know who you are. Like, she doesn't Corinne's care. Thinking Go about away. nacho fries <laughs> yeah. at Taco Bell and how they're a dollar this week only. Relax. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking yeah. about at any time. Um, yeah, and it's and it's funny because James is now dating uh, someone else in the comedy community, and I oh. uh, was really not thinking that that was going to happen because he left town. Uh, but you know, uh, life is fun. And so I have been channeling you, my inner Alex Kayhart, so often. Aww. And just remembering, because again, it's a situation. I don't know this person. I know of her. I knew they, and he had. I knew that they were sleeping together be, uh, for a while. Again, I guess that's how he likes to, you know, really ease into it. We wouldn't want to make a commitment too fast. Um, give it a good six months of in and out uh, before. <laughs> Do we have that insurance? <laughs> before. No, no, no. Test drive, test drive. It's yeah. fine. And um, how and how how did that make you f- like feel when you found that out? Like, I it, I was not at all. I I knew because he had infor- informed me the whole time. It was the he did something where he like made a big deal about like calling it me and announcing it to me after three months of right. not speaking when I already knew they were sleeping together and I'm a you know I'm a logical person yeah. so I figured if well if you're on the road and you're only seeing a couple of people and one really likes you and you're already sleeping with her that will probably continue and escalate because that's how life works mm-hmm. right it's how relationship forms i've <laughs> been on the planet a good amount of years <laughs> and then so it felt like gaslighting um the fact that he called you to call me and yeah. announce it to me and also like and you guys weren't talking at all before no and this, i also called and told and, and told me like and oh. i was like oh are you boyfriend and girlfriend he goes no we're just exclusively sleeping together and i was like well this is a that's really exactly what boyfriend <laughs> and girlfriend is right no 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 in fact it's not and i'm like the fact that you can't even tell me privately i mean i did just there was no purpose to the call other than to aggravate me and i think to uh elicit a response from me so that he knew i still cared about him which i did and i which i did and i do so it was it was still always elicit a response for me because uh i mean i just feel like you know, I feel, I feel like a very deep connection to him, even though he was not great at the job of boyfriend. So it still feels like a, I don't want to say a betrayal because it's not a betrayal, but it's like, wow, it's really Slap hard to face. lose someone that you were that close to and felt that connected to and understood by no matter what, even though even though I am the one who ended it, you know, because you always want that person to um 
to rise to their potential and fight for you in a way yeah. that we know. And I think that's the thing with James. Like we all, we all see his potential. Oh my God. Yeah. And we I've see had him that not conversation really, with him, literally. Yeah. I mean, really. Wow. And it's, and it's hard. And I, and it's, I've been working on, this year just like no matter what potential i see in people and i and i do it to women too Mm -hmm. not just men but it's like it is not my job i am not a life coach it's not my job to make people see their potential and uh it's really cool that i have been able to see in myself potential when others didn't and be successful because of that but i'm the only person i have control over i mean if i had a kid maybe them too but but what, a, but what I would love to have you as a life coach. That I, would, I mean, like, I, I think it'd be a great business if, uh, you know, if this stops working out, guys. I know, I know guys. I know, I know it's been, you know, if I fail at comedy. the world's life coach. Because <laughs> be so all life coaches are like, yeah, rah, rah, rah. I would it's love, like, I would love, yeah, just. Yeah fucking life is a rah rah rah. Yeah, I also no. love, Corinne, that you don't have, this is another thing, like, when I watch, when I, understand how you react to certain situations i'm like yep my pride would have gotten in the way of that i wouldn't have let like you said he called you to elicit a, a reaction and mm. it did elicit a reaction because you care for him i would have kept that secret so close inside mm. of my chest and acted like i didn't give a fuck oh and no it's yeah it's not how i feel i had a i had a, i was like and it was really late too because he was calling from the west coast so i just like I sobbed all night to the point where, oh yeah, because I we had to come. It was a Sunday, and I had yeah. to come and record the next. I was half yeah. asleep. Ugh. I called Mike Coscarelli in the middle of the night, who's who oh, edits nice. the show, <laughs> and obviously is the reason that we met. And it was, uh, I mean, it was so. I had called an emergency therapy session. I mean, just everything. Um, yeah, and it's not. I don't think it needs to be a secret because I don't think no caring about someone needs it's to bad. be a secret or something that you're embarrassed of or oh, ashamed I, about. It's not a weakness. Love that. I feel yeah. like, but I guess I feel like I. I don't know. Maybe there's like this is like the wasp side of me coming out. Um, <laughs> and 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 definitely like I think you know comedy is like can be a very male dominate. Like there is like a you know don't let things affect you. And I love that you're mm. just like no, it fucking did affect me. Like yeah. and. Uh, I got help for it and I let myself feel, which is so brave, but it, but it it's is. Hard, yeah. And uh, it's, uh, I would have done the exact same thing. Like I would have like curled up and just been like, no, you're not getting anything from it. I am strong. I would have played it. But Homecoming who, on Netflix. Who and does I would just, that serve? No one. It serves no one because no one cares if you're a tough bitch or not. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you have to be honest with how you feel and you have to let it out and you have to not guard it. It's a, it's not a weakness to to have feelings. So. Well, yeah, and that was kind of the basis of a lot of the, our 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 breakup and why I couldn't like I couldn't subject myself to that anymore. Um, was because I was like I had made it so clear how much I cared, and I know that he does care about me, but like at a certain point it can't be a like it, it can't be a secret within the relationship i, I was actually yeah. hearing from other people how much he liked me and that was sustaining it for a little bit while you were dating yeah well towards the end yeah. and um you know there were so many variables going on obviously a very tumultuous election when we were very vocally on different sides um and so that was we were you know arguing about that in the house and then uh I was getting shit for it. And I know he was getting shit for it too from like his, you know, his conservative friends giving him shit for dating a very outspoken feminist. Uh, My, our listeners and my peers giving me shit uh, about dating him, which I thought was unfair and uh, definitely adding more trouble to a circumstance that didn't need any more trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there was just so, there was just so much going on. And kind of, I think I summed it up. We, 
released the paperback edition of our book in which I had written about him. Not a ton, but just a little bit. And uh, in a sentence, like I was tired of reminding someone else to love me. Uh, That's super poetic. And, you know, he does. And I'm sure still does love me. But like, I can't... It's not. It's very uh, cinematic when you see Mr. Big in- ignoring Carrie. <sighs> yes, it is. But when mm. it happens in real life, <laughs> you want to die. Yeah. And but and also you just sit back and you think, I don't need this shit. Yeah. I'd well, rather be alone. It's it's more lonely to be in a relationship where someone is not giving you what you need than to just sit at home and watch Netflix with my dog. Like yeah. I spend a lot of time mm. alone to the point where my therapist was like, uh, do you want to spend that much time alone? And I was like, no, no, no. I need to spend this much time alone because mm. no one takes care of me the way I take care of me. Like it's, it's a night. I'm not sad. I'm happy when I'm alone mm. and truly happy. Like things are good. Um, also, I mean, I have a dog, so it's not technically alone. I'm like, I could be in a room of dogs pretty much for the rest of my life and be fine. I wouldn't fuck them, though. So just That's in case good. anyone was wondering. <laughs> I wasn't worried, but thanks for reassuring. I do. Um, well, try, I, yeah, I try to like let people know that. Maybe now I'm a little more nervous. But... <laughs> Hide your dog. Um, I remember, um, maybe I am getting more mature, though, because I remember I was um, seeing or sleeping with a person in this realm of business and then another person <laughs> had slept with the person and then i was told you hey, don't let that person know or oh, she'll right, get right. mad you know but it, but it's like but but my reaction to that wasn't like what the fuck's her it's like okay like people when i have i've been in in situations where uh, a woman has gotten mad at me for like it was a little immature for sleeping with the person or whatever but i'm like that's that's their own thing it's i know it's not personal mm-hmm. so maybe i'm getting i am growing it's about like we don't have ownership of other people as yeah. well so that's something. that's true I know. but we like the ex that. thing like <laughs> but if you that's the other thing that i i think that's is interesting slavery i'm sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> one of the people that i'm i'm sleeping with or seeing that i'm close with he was telling me like his philosophy on if a friend dates his ex like he truly doesn't He's not bothered by that. Like he and and I've kind of poked and prodded that uh, that notion in him, and he, he's correct. He's not. He's he means it. Like he really has no ego about uh, friends dating his exes or vice versa. Well, I'm like that's wow. I think it's interesting. Uh, I think so many people, like some people, have like very interesting. Like some people have like. It's we, almost like they've written out like a manifesto about their policies. To, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and everyone and, has to follow it. Yeah. And and they'll try to like convert you too, but and people totally. do. They are such a huge range of feelings about uh, if I have slept with somebody, what is it okay for somebody I know to sleep with that person? Yeah, or everyone does have their own manifesto. That's oh, true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody thinks they're right too. Like yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's like religion. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your manifest? Like what's your what's your take on? sleeping with you have you ever had an ex that a good friend has slept with had did the mm, friend ask did they not think, ask i think it depends on if uh if i won the relationship or not if, uh, <laughs> I, if hear I lost Alex. then uh, then no never uh <laughs> if i won then you know then then i'm then i'm classy and um <laughs> no but i i mean i think it always it really does depend on the situation and yeah. like how much uh like and also who is that person that's also what do they mean to me yeah and and at the same time too i think most of the time it can be avoided so it's kind of like why out should of all it come the people up? in the world exactly yeah. Yeah. out of all the people in the world i mean i understand like especially it's new york city and especially in our our lines of work where it's so fucking hard to meet people yeah it's so hard to find time 
you know, I understand that sometimes there's overlap uh, and and things like that. Uh, but at the same time, like, if it's most of the time, I think it's probably pretty avoidable. Uh, yeah. And I guess if it's like really like this is the one, um, maybe, but... The, the instances in which that is the case is I think are low but but you know what mm. I've, I've seen a person that I had no business being with mm-hmm. and it was one of those there's so many other men in the world Christina what are you doing and as much as I don't want to admit it that might have been part of why the attraction was there yeah there's there is sucks. the taboo there is there is um there is a, a huge part of things where unfortunately there is like the the forbidden fruit thing uh and and I do think that like men and women are are different. Like we, I mean, I know me once like I've had sex with somebody. I I am much more emotionally invested in them, no matter yeah, what. Even if it is mm-hmm. one of those things where like I know that I'm not interested in a future. Right. So no matter what, I'm gonna be a little bit more sensitive. But I I don't know. I guess. Uh, yeah, dep- for some reason right now I'm feeling very like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Whatever. I remember <laughs> he was really fun for me, you know? I right. mean, like, I think you'd enjoy it too. Um, I've definitely yeah. made recommendations like that to I mean, people. I, I have. Yeah. Like, there are certain guys who I think, I mean, I think it says something, I remember reading a study about this where it's like, it takes like three years for your brain to fully recover from a breakup where you were in love with somebody. Three years. Three no years. Matter, regardless of the duration of the relationship? Um, oh, I, wow. I'm not sure. I think it's whenever you really felt love. So, I don't know if it's like if a certain the chemical or what right. exactly the oxytocin. See, I heard it was half the to- half the amount of time that you were in the relationship. Uh-huh. I've heard that one too, but for some reason, I feel like this was attached to something that had TED Talk on it. So uh, I feel so- like it's legit. <laughs> it's legit, but that's just in my vague memory of it. Uh, and I do remember this one particular, like the first boy that I ever like kind of loved. Uh, he and I actually are still friendly like we don't talk that often but the for definitely the first few years i could not see him i could not be around him but then after about that amount of time we really like nothing there's nothing there anymore really yeah. like so I, the st- there's no stakes you can just no, interact with as people exactly like and, and it's yeah. great too because it's like i remember why you know we were initially drawn mm. to each other but i also don't have those feelings anymore for him but this was also like this is like one of the first boys like this was like high school kind of shit oh, so no, you know, don't you find that sad my, though my high school I, my high school boyfriend both of them like i the first one especially i was only with him a year but mm-hmm. I, it's you know we had dinner two years ago and that was he had cheated on but like i was 15 but that i don't know the chemicals <laughs> do linger man it, yeah Maybe not the, yeah for when I was fifteen, but well, I thought because I, after I broke up with um or for, I'm sorry Frank dumped me in a Panera bread. Uh, <laughs> I see. I have a problem with like I I feel like I don't fully get over my ex until like the following relationship is mm. over, and I distract oh. myself and sometimes with that pain. Oh, you substitute. That's smart. Well, like I'm not well, that, sorry. <laughs> no, no, like, no. You're like, right. I'm, I never am. Like it's like I'm never as fully immersed in a new relationship as I should be because I'm still. I'm still obsessing over stuff from the previous relationship, which is so bad. And it has to like constantly, it's just constant maintenance basically in your brain. Um, And I have OCD also. So some of this is just like actually a rational thought, like Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts, but it's hard to separate them sometimes when this is the only brain you've ever had. (laughs) Um, And uh, I remember as soon as uh, I got over the initial like couple first weeks of like crying over over Frank, I called this guy Tim up uh, and we ended up meeting up in the mall. And then I got this kind of 
uh, excitement and expectation in my heart like oh maybe this was always meant to be because I kind of always thought he was my person like had I not been more they like thank god I am who I am otherwise I probably would have ended up married to that guy because he was significantly older and would have a hundred percent married me like had a ring and stuff and I'm like so glad I was smart enough to get out of that um because nothing wrong with him I just needed more time to live I was very young and uh and I met up with him in a mall and it was so it was nice but also so sad that Mm. I had like no feelings for him anymore mm. because I was him for five years yeah right? I was so excited to see him and I was and and when I didn't feel those butterflies when he pulled up I was like fuck because that would have it without if him being the one would have tied up all the ends so nicely and huh. then but then I was saw him and I'm like well he's not it so now I have to like continue on this journey for black lack of a better word you know you guys can't see but the eye roll there was just perfect <laughs> a journey oh, there's journey. some words that we say and we're like we don't want to say it but that's the word that needs to fit into this sentence right now um have um have you ever slept with somebody like somebody I've slept in with a- so many people <laughs> um, i'm have. sorry have you had sex how many people uh what? 72 Oh wow! So you recently counted. I gotta yeah. count again. I uh, I'm racking them up. I like that number because it's exactly how many virgins a member of ISIS would get. If they <laughs> oh, that's so up. many virgins! I know, and I can confidently say, wouldn't blow myself up for one bucket. of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's My so girl. funny. That's so funny. So. Um, have you ever uh, have you ever slept with someone or uh, when they were either committed or? I don't yeah when you had no business sleeping with them whatever that means to you uh I yes I have um I think well what I I think I I have like a fucked up part of my brain that I am working on um (laughs) that like uh is kind of almost lawyer-esque so it's like plausible deniability you know what I mean where it's like on some Mm. level I knew like I knew in my heart it was wrong but like since I didn't have confirmation you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but it's like still was probably not okay yeah Um, like an ignorance is bliss kind of yeah ignorance is bliss kind of thing which i think as i've got i'm realizing (laughs) i mean i know that it was it was not it was not okay but um i guess i think uh sometimes um sorry i'm the take a moment um but I think sometimes when people like, like I think honesty is very, very important. Yeah. But I do think that like uh, I've managed to rationalize certain things where I knew that like this is just going to hurt somebody like being honest about it. You know right. what I mean? And there's like no and, point in hurting them. And I, yeah, I've, I've witnessed many such experience situations where I feel the exact same thing. I don't think you need honesty is required at every second of every moment in life absolutely but i do think that uh that rationale at least for me has like allowed sometimes for things that i like should cop have out to do yeah cop to do out. something that sacrifices your values yeah so. yeah well because hurting someone aside like the way i like to flip it and think about it is like whoever like if you're not the person with multiple like partners that when you that you shouldn't have like uh, and you are one of the multiple partners that that person has like what makes that person so great that they deserve that like it's just don't give someone don't uh 
elevate someone to that level they are not a deity that's how i think it's to flip it because sometimes it's hard because with morality and and things because like we all treat each other like shit from time to time and human beings are not great um and and morality is so open to interpretation i mean you know Mm -hmm. there's like a sri lankan uh suicide bomber who blew up an easter lunch buffet because he thought that was uh, he was doing the morally right thing so now i feel much better about cheating (laughs) is not always the compass that we think it is Uh, it's more like if you want to it's more like if you think about it from a petty stance like oh, why, why the fuck does some dude or woman and I, I, again like as a note to the listeners like we're talking about this because we're all uh, heterosexual women are you heterosexual or yeah, yeah. Uh, I try to just I know me too <laughs> I wish and, and, uh, me too. but this can be applied to anything mm-hmm. I mean unfortunately I think it's usually lesbians gay men and heterosexual women who are sacrificing a lot for their partner and we don't see straight men doing it as much which is why they are are achieving more in business still sucking on the mom's titties they have more time they have more time because they're not bent because they're not bending for others i mean i think yeah really why and i don't see i never really hear about guys sitting around in a group talking about this kind of stuff like they're yeah it's like they're not even (laughs) concerned with it Oh my god, the but shit that I hear sometimes it's just like Ugh, oh yeah, comedy. God. Oh yeah, cuz I'm I'm around like dudes so much of the time and yeah. like yeah, so much of it it's never uh they're not worried about it so much in this uh even the way we're talking about it is like a little more like philosophical, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I do think sometimes they will talk about not not yeah. to like men, men are stupid. I don't mean that, but I do think that I just don't get preoccupied with it as much as yeah. from my from what I've witnessed. Not uh, dep- if uh, if a personal stakes, ah uh, yes, STDs or like if it's like they you know they've become much more emotionally attached to the woman, then yeah. it becomes a whole thing. And then sometimes men will look get a little more cry cry than women. Oh, like, for sure, damn. for sure. Well, and it's also this Steve Byrne has a joke and I'm just going to kind of give the essence of it because I certainly cannot uh, do it justice. But it really helped me in one singular joke, understand men and women. I think I talked about it ages ago, but it's like women, we have like this person that we want. So we'll be like on our way backstage because we have it in our hearts that we are going to marry, sleep with, uh, be with the lead singer of this rock band. Whereas men will get distracted on the way backstage and end up marrying the popcorn girl. And <laughs> oh, so it's that's like a they'll great kind joke. of take anything. Like there's, it's, and it's not that they're less choosy. It's just that it, it, it's more, it's less they're, about they're the person open. and more about <laughs> well, filling the void, I think, a little bit. Uh, whereas we get this specific specific person in mind and we uh in our hearts and minds uh make them the per see them as the person they could be if everything Mm. went went right instead of seeing them as the person that they in actuality are at that time well Mm -hmm. i think there's also there's a huge biological component there you know what i mean where it's like you know women like men have this uh uh you know the urge to spread the seed you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. like we have to deal with the consequences of that (laughs) babies yeah so like like i i used to do i i've tried to work on a a joke about the idea of like i know a lot of people think like women uh are crazy and like men are creepy you know because like a dude will see a beautiful woman be like oh man i want to fuck that and like (laughs) women will see like a really hot guy and be like man like nice suit like i would get so much money in the divorce but like i don't think either of those things are necessarily wrong because it's like like well if you're talking about survival for a future family well, i want exactly. to feed my kid maybe yeah so like yeah like like if i like am like get angry at you for like 
like liking another girl's Facebook. Like there's a little cave woman part of my brain mm-hmm. that's going off like, uh, uh, he's not going to stay invested in my cave, baby. He's going to leave me and, you know, fuck her and create mm-hmm. another cave baby. God, that urge is a bitch. And leave me with this cave baby and then I'm going to die. And I don't want this you. cave baby because it looks like that asshole. Exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's like, there's that whole thing too, where it's just like, we're victims of our own, our own biology to some extent. So yeah. Like, even yeah. though I'd love to fuck the popcorn girl, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's not going to take care of the cave baby necessarily. Like, yeah. popcorn doesn't pay that much. And <laughs> I, don't, I, th- I think, yeah, it's just, um, you, we, we like, we have to, um, I think a lot of it is just, like, not compensating for biology. You know? I know. Sometimes biology really makes me feel like a puppet. Because <laughs> I I know of about all of these urges and desires, and then when people talk about them, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But then when people act on them, like they act on that urge, and then go, well, what do you want? I'm just like, oh, you didn't have to do it. But then I'm like, <laughs> did you? I don't know. <laughs> At what point does biology and willpower duel, and who wins? I don't know. You're right. That's a that's a very that exactly like how much personal responsibility comes into play oh but this was a fun uh this i read this this was a cool like biology fact or something that i thought it could maybe be empowering um but <laughs> apparently men much more because they're physically stronger you know mm-hmm. they are much more likely to commit crimes that involve like you know punching punching and <laughs> yeah. the physical shit but women we much more likely to commit crimes that involve planning like poison and arson. Uh-huh. Goddamn oh, right. Because we're sneaky and wow. we're smart. Yeah, because we don't have that physical strength. So we do actually but have our, to survival-wise. Oh, we cannot well, physically... left eye Lopez. True. Yeah. And we can emotionally annihilate. I think I, I women scare me more than men uh, in terms of... I know like the mm. number one threat <laughs> to a woman's survival is, is a man. Like cause statistically, yeah. you know, women die from men a lot. But... Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think a woman, a determined woman who has revenge on her mind is one of the scariest motherfuckers on the planet. Mm-hmm. Goddamn. <laughs> she'll figure it out and make it happen. Oh my God, there's this really funny Instagram of, about that. Like, it's like a, an older woman who who was the same age as her husband and then her husband like left her and you know dated some really young yeah. hot chickadee and it's just like wife's revenge and it's just like her <laughs> posing in like flower fields with like <laughs> with flat ironed hair and Born I'm like free. I love this bitch I don't even know she, I just follow her because I'm like this is hilarious that's great <laughs> you were telling us a story before we started this interview about the first time you were masturbating um, <laughs> and then we asked you to stop telling it so that you could tell it to us now so that because I'm very intrigued. Uh, yeah. So the the first time, oh, m- mom and dad are going to be so proud. Um, Why are mom and dad listening to yeah. this? Dad definitely shouldn't listen. My mom and dad are not allowed to listen to this. <laughs> My dad's never listened, but he knows about it. And we've had lots of fireside chats about it. Oh, fun. Um, uh, yeah. So this is not dedicated to you guys, but um, <laughs> good. But um, they are somewhat involved. Then right. Okay, that, that sounds wrong. Uh, back up. So the first time I ever <laughs> masturbated, um, the police were called. Um, How old were you? I was, I think, thirteen. Um, yeah, twelve or thirteen, and uh, I. I was in my basement and it was uh, I was watching like late night HBO and they had like oh yeah oh yeah yeah taxi cab confessions real <laughs> sex real sex yeah um, actually I think it was it was something like Arabian Night I was really into Aladdin um, and <laughs> same, same. always had something for him and it he was, was like, hot man yeah. oh. yo I was sexually attracted to Aladdin and Simba the abs oh yeah I, I know, I know. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, and I was watching it, and then there were like these windows, and there was like a tapping on the window. Mm. And like we have cats, so I just assumed it was the cat. So I just kept exploring. Um, and but then it kept happening, and I was like, oh fuck! And I looked, and I saw the silhouette <gasps> of a guy. Oh no! And oh. I was like, oh my god, it's Gabe Perone, the neighbor. Uh, because the little neighbor boys would like knock sometimes to play capture the flag at oh. night. Oh. So I was like, oh my god. Like he's gonna tell everybody. Like, were you naked? I was discovering myself pretty with your hand. Pretty, yeah, pretty seriously. Um, Yeah, (laughs) just elbow deep up your own (laughs) pussy. I mean, what are we talking? Uh, Definitely some some hand. Was your vagina visible in the glow of the television screen? Meaning, do you think that whoever knocked on that door uh, window saw your pussy? No, I think I still had like my underwear on uh, or pants to some extent. But you know, it was there was not. um, You were doing something weird. To, to whoever would be looking in. Yeah, there was not many other things. Like, like I, it wasn't like I dropped my keys down yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was. It would have been very difficult to to create an alternative uh, uh, story of the events. Um, but so I go upstairs and I'm about to open the door and just like beg him to like not tell everybody in middle school. Um, but then I look outside because I'm like, well, I only saw like the shadow. Like I should check. And there's like a grown man. <laughs> uh-uh. Or at least my 12 year old, but like a grown dude, like on my lawn taking off his clothes, you know, like what? what? I, and so I freak out and I go upstairs to my parents and I'm like, um, mom, dad, I think we have an uninvited guest. Uh, so they call the police and the police come over and like also <laughs> the police is like, so we have four cats. The police is like so allergic to cats. So he's just like sneezing. The poli- Do you have one cop? One, one, one. I grew up the in one of the oh. safest cities in America. So like this guy what was city? Newton, Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, uh, it's small town outside so, of boston so in new um, massachusetts the safest that's where you can have the cops with bad cat allergies yeah huh? yeah apparently <laughs> but i just i don't know i just remember it and he's just like sneezing and like looks so annoyed <laughs> and like like i'm so scared and then he like asks me you know what i mean he's like uh you know like so like what what were you doing like when you heard it and i'm like oh like do i like have to tell him you know what i mean like because you know law and order it's always like the one thing that the victim yeah, yeah. Holds yeah. back so like I'm like, do I lie? And I was just like, I was uh, watching Aladdin. Um, and like, <laughs> I, I, I lied. I, I just totally lied. Um, and he, just, he doesn't need to know that you're yeah, masturbating. Yeah, yeah. Didn't yeah, the story. But of course, like, you know, the 12-year-old <laughs> me course, is like, this yes. is going to be oh. the most important part of the investigation. <laughs> I, the missing I, clue. Yeah, like. I didn't pick up lying until I was way older and I <laughs> wished I had that earlier. <laughs> um and uh and and yeah I just I lied and that was that was pretty much so it. was it was there an escape the well, nude guy yeah was this guy master like there t- were a few other like peeping tom incidences because I remember uh, then they came to like my field hockey practice like a <gasps> week later too like that because that guy they wanted to like ask if I had like seen because they thought they had oh, somebody the face of the person yeah but it was like it was so black like I literally could not remember and I just also remember like oh my god my He's field hockey team everyone's gonna know like that's so funny yeah i mean i i you know i thought it was traumatizing but i realized i think i barely waited like a week until you like, did it an, again or i did it again yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah well i remember being in a sleepover in i was in my middle school or high school i think i was in like ninth or tenth grade no i had to have been in tenth grade where it's like me and five of my girlfriends and we each went around like telling secrets and then this one girl Robin was like I've 
masturbated and everyone in the room was like me too <laughs> and then my one friend was like have you ever had an orgasm when you put in a tampon we're like no and she's like me either <laughs> and yeah uh, but it was it's, like i remember the guilt lifting off of my brain because i had been masturbating for like 10 years <laughs> um but yeah it's weird that we think it's something bad oh i was because yeah. i had no religion to tell me it was bad i had no parents telling me it was bad they just didn't talk about it oh yeah no i, I grew up in like a super like NPR like folk music good little liberal like household oh, okay. but like yeah we, we just didn't talk about any of that really that much like you know I mean eventually my mom was um, <laughs> have, would be like I just want grandchildren I don't care what you do just like grandchildren but I'm like <laughs> All right, you have to coming up. anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was I was the one like fighting against it because I remember like some uh, we were talking about something my mom and I, and then she's like, "Well, haven't you ever like touched yourself down there?" And I was like, "No, mom." And like I really hadn't though. <laughs> I wasn't. I was just like I was like I have business to attend to. Like no. my Barbie, my Barbies have a conference call at three p.m. Like these are the <laughs> kind of things I was I was setting up a sort like a dinosaur exhibit <laughs> in my room. Like I truly just wasn't even thinking about. I, I liked sex stuff. Like I definitely thought about it, but when you how old? Uh, a teen- early teenager? No, I mean even younger. <laughs> like even when I was in like uh, maybe like ten. Yeah. But I just never like was u- touching myself. I was more like posing in the mirror, like trying to be like a Hollywood starlet. <laughs> I did that to this um, day. I remember my mom once. <laughs> she found out that I hadn't that I had sex after high school, and she was like, "Wow, no wonder you were so stressed out the whole time." Oh. It's like, well, you didn't like tell me I should be doing that. Or Do they never give you a sex talk? They just never really. I don't remember. I feel like. Just put an NPR podcast in your inbox. And... Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Terry Gross, you handle this. Um... Oh my God, Terry Gross will give a great sex talk. Oh my God, I know. Or a bad one. I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> probably a thorough I'd, good one. I feel like I'd feel safe regardless. You know? Yeah. yeah. You feel good. Um, and the last thing I want, we wanted to kind of talk about a little bit was uh, women in business. We, as we told you, we had been talking about that for past month or so. And and uh, after I got through the initial, uh, wow, Alex is being so nice and not trying to like booby trap me or anything like that when I come into her establishment. This is part of my plan. Uh, oh, it's still game. common. I respect the long game. Uh, oh, yeah, it's been years. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've seen you work so hard and grow the comedy club, the Village Lantern, into something so amazing for other comics and watched you work so hard and and I've like watched a lot of your comedy and I'm like I love this because I I get very emotional over like the younger female comics I'm just like oh my god like look at this these things that they're talking about and the shows they're running and I'm like so proud of them uh because it's it's important that it keeps going because uh, Christine and I were lucky to come into comedy at a time when it was inviting to women. It certainly o- has not always been. And it's certainly like a different road that we have to travel mm-hmm. to find successes and, and different problems that we have to come across. Uh, but I wanted to, yeah, if you wanted to talk a little bit about that and what you did, because like you're kind of that you're the head honcho over there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. At this point, I I, I am. Uh, it's really cool. I mean, I love. Uh, I love. I mean, I love uh, doing stand up, and I and I love uh, the lantern, and uh, that I get to to do stand up there and run shows. And um, I, I've worked like really really hard to make that place uh, really a really great place. And I think uh, I think 
God, I'm so bad at self-promotion. Well, how, uh-huh. did, no, how, did, how did you get how did you get into that? Because I know I'm guessing you started as a barker. Yeah. And then and for those a barker is just someone who stands outside like a comedy club. Comedy show. And free says, comedy show. Free comedy show. Free comedy show or tickets or sells tickets on the street. margaritas. Tina Fey will perform <laughs> here in two weeks. And hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully it doesn't lie about the caliber of comic that's there. <laughs> but and so how did you end up being the head of this whole Establishment. So yeah, I did. I did start barking um, for. Um, uh, I <laughs> uh, I did start barking for a show um, for a show there, and then uh, Craig Fox, another comedian, mm-hmm. really nice guy. Oh, uh, yeah. He was running shows there too, and then he kind of started to kind of like a few different people were running shows there, and then he kind of took over, and he and asked me if I wanted to to continue to help bark and and I did and I kind of just kept barking for every show that he would put me on and like I remember Do you have any shitty experiences barking? Oh well oh my god all the time. And yeah. I think this is one of the reasons why we don't see as many women in comedy and it sucks because barking first of all just sucks no matter who you are cuz barking right. is standing outside basically on a street corner being begging like strangers to come inside. Begging yeah. strangers to come to a comedy show and I I've definitely seen so many um female comedians and and also minority comedians like have a lot harder time and quit uh because of the harassment that they get uh, when they're when they're barking yeah or, yeah i mean because first of all it sucks already no matter yeah. who you are uh i've tried to bark and i got into screaming matches yeah. with too many people oh yeah like, for sure this isn't for me oh god i mean just the dumb shit that people say to you you know what i mean <laughs> like, oh, well i'm I'm a comedian. Yeah, right. it's fantastic. It makes you want uh, to blow your brains out. And the, the, <laughs> like, just uh, also like the reason why people would be barking is because when you bark as a young comedian, stage. you get stage time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you're paid in stage time, and that's kind of the only way they're going to be able to get on shows without knowing people. Exactly. So. Like you, it's part of, I guess, part of paying your dues. It could mm-hmm. be better, and I don't. But I think this is where there's a huge gap between men and women because as a as a female when i'm on a street corner especially somewhere like the west village you know what i mean like people uh late at night like How people are drinking <laughs> exactly like yeah literally or or you know guys just like like i've been grabbed before i've yeah. like had uh i've had people say like really gross sexual things to me but also just the thing that really just pisses me off is when a guy's like just trying to hit on me and waste my time and is not going to come to the show. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm working right now. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Um, come in or go away. Exactly. Uh, you know, or I've like, I've had other friends too, who like uh, uh, female comedians that that's happened to, or like I've had a few friends who are minorities who are like accused of like drug dealing, you know oh, what I mean? Jesus. Things like that. So like, it's, I think, and that's how you really do start in comedy. So it's like, if those barriers to entry are so fucking shitty plus most places with barking they really do can exploit their barkers like at the lantern at least like if you are barking for us like we always do a tip bucket so people get some money and that goes to the barkers and the host because those are the people that are doing the extra. Work, yeah exactly i mean we should pay everybody but we can't so yeah and those are the ones who who get the money and you also at least get one free drink uh and no matter what you get five minutes um generally we try to do seven but like there are some places where like if you don't get anybody in you don't get to go up and you just wasted two so hours it's like a bringer barker oh great yeah exactly Jesus. so those kind of things like i think that's one of the reasons why you don't see sometimes yeah, as many women barking is, is is a great thing that anybody would tell a young comedian like that's something you can do for stage time so it's one of the one of the ways in and and, and it's late at night too you know what i mean like if you're yeah. out there especially like by yourself you know what i mean like the safety issue for women and is there like, village when people are wasted yeah. that that area of town particularly like mm-hmm. mcdougall street is a very it's a unique 
it's like the Vegas zombie it's like the Vegas of Manhattan (laughs) but there's more class but then there's just in terms of like the drunk people oh yeah I've had many yeah beautiful variety down there (laughs) and you mentioned that part of the reason that you wanted to take the reins on uh, your kind of own establishment was because of experiences negative experiences you had oh yeah I mean especially when I was first starting comedy there were a few times too where I got booked on shows where it's like I know I'm not funny enough to be on this um and you know obviously you don't say no but like I knew why the person was booking me and then they're trying to fuck you yeah exactly and then I got into an awkward situation there and I was just like you know what I don't want to uh be at anybody's mercy anymore like fuck yeah. this like i'm smart take, enough take the reins i know yeah exactly and the best way to get better at stand-up is through stage time so like if you control mm-hmm. the show you know like then you can uh you know it's the best way to to get funny and you know you can give other people spots and opportunities and then you get to you guys know how it works yeah. Um, <laughs> but and, yeah you're right you're absolutely right yeah take the reins so that Instead was of just sitting and waiting around for it and not you know not going in the traditional way. Yeah, and I think a lot of the best independent comedy shows and places are run by women just because women are super mm-hmm. organized. Oh, for sure. Uh, I love way. all, all of the, <laughs> the men are. The best shows, I'd say, at The Lantern are run by women. And, like, they're they're always packed. They're always super fun. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Just, yeah, and the young <laughs> women who work at The Lantern, I, I really love. There's a lot of great people uh, there who I see like working their asses off you Victoria Hoffman I love like oh yeah I love Vic we run a show together the grind come <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I think that's it so yeah if you want to promote yeah the grind uh which is uh the grind Wednesday. it's uh the second Wednesday of every month it's May 8th uh at eight o'clock um we're also doing a few cool shows coming up oh I, you're gonna be on this one uh, i think may 9th uh 10 o'clock all uh, right yeah new show. my calendar <laughs> <laughs> sorry i think i sent them i probably I, i'll confirm with you but uh heart of comedy and then also for mother's day we're doing a new show at eight o'clock called do your mom um which oh, is yeah yeah well comics do stand up but as their moms <laughs> oh that's fun yeah and this is all these shows are at the village at lantern. the lantern or, yeah. oh it's the lantern not the village lantern anymore Everyone says Lantern. I just want to make sure. It's a little Lantern the comedy. Lantern. What's, oh, the it's address? Been, What's the address? The address is 167 Bleecker Street. Uh, yeah, you'll see it. You won't miss it. There's It's glass and brown and uh, in the front. And there's like a little neon sign that says live comedy. Yeah, and you'll probably see me or somebody going, hey, free comedy and $5 margaritas. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's just important to know like how hard uh, comedians are working and if a tip bucket goes around. Put a dollar in there. Yeah. It's not glamorous. Plug your social media and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Alex K. Hart Comedy, K-A-Y-H-A-R-T. And I have a website, uh, AlexKHartComedy.com. So please check those things out, guys. Yeah, and support uh, women in comedy and, you know, not like the Special Olympics style, not just like, oh, they did it. Like, we're just regular comics like everybody else and don't be the woman who comes up after a show and says, oh, I don't usually don't find women funny, but I really liked you because that's not a fucking compliment. Thank you. And we've all heard it (laughs) 10,000 times. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Guys We Fucked the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. We will talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary Media, created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson, edited by Mike Coscarelli, associate producer Emily Rogers. 
PR intern Molly Becker. But my words, they come out too harsh I try to talk like those girls on Twitter But it seems I can't learn the art I look upon my friendships from the outside Wondering why I always feel misunderstood This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.